Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGuru's Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, I'm hanging out with Keith Perak. And Keith is reaching his third, but probably not final stage in his business. He's originally a developer based in uh, Nagoya, Japan. He built a a million-dollar technical marketing agency that worked with some of the top digital marketers. Now, he's taken that knowledge and built Segmetrics, one of the top analytics tools created specifically for marketers. And uh, Keith was on our program a couple of years ago, and I think we spent most of the time talking about his uh, very, very virtual digital agency that's run with uh, was run with people all over the world, and now Keith has kind of put that to bed and is now focused on the software. So, Keith, welcome back to the program. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. It sounds so impressive when I hear someone else talk about the story, and it's like, really? I don't know. It doesn't feel like that when you're in it, I guess. <laughs> is the- <laughs> I think they say that's, uh, uh, you know, being able to see the forest for the trees, maybe, or being stuck inside the forest, you know, but... uh, Exactly, exactly. So you have a really interesting story. I mean, just in general, I think last time we talked a little bit about your uh, nomadic lifestyle and some of those other Mm -hmm. things. So if our guests are interested in learning about how you used to run your virtual agency and around running a virtual agency with a nomadic lifestyle, then uh, we'll make sure to link out to that other episode in the uh, comments. But I think for today, Keith talking about this transition from agency to no agency. And you had, just to be clear, Segmetrics as a platform existed while you were running the agency as well. Yeah. So we actually started Segmetrics five years ago, I want to say. And we started it as a product within the agency. And it languished, I guess would be the best way to say it, for many years. Because when you're doing a large agency with a lot of work and a lot of people it's really hard to spend that time on something that makes $1,000 a month, right? It's hard to put that time and investment into that. Uh, And that's one of the things I do want to talk to today is it's hard not only from a monetary standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint of we're so used to being in the agency model that then moving to something that is not customer-driven, that is not client-driven was very difficult for the team to, to get a hold of. 
I, I think you and I in the in the before we actually hit the record button, we're kind of talking about this of not to say that agency work is easy money, but the uh, let's call it the uh, the routine direct reward cycle is yeah, it's direct, right? It's very short. Like you do work, and if all things go right, your client pays you. Uh, and you're usually valued uh, at a pretty high level for your time kind of in mm-hmm. the moment. But then once the project is done, unless you get a referral or repeat business from that, it's not like you're going to get residuals. Like very few right. uh, very few agency projects actually send you like a royalty check of like, oh, hey, this campaign you worked <laughs> on three years ago, we're still paying you for that. No, it's like you get paid like a lot up and front buy. and then it's done. Right. And it was it was interesting because you know, we worked with digital marketers, which means that we're helping people run million dollar to five million dollar to ten million dollar launches. So we'll bust butt for two months, three months, get everything ready, we'll do a ten million dollar launch. We don't get a percentage of that, right? And we get our fee, which is which is a good fee, but you're it's exact you're exactly right that there's no residuals, there's no percentage, there's no extra in there in that contract. And so it was interesting because our team was always like, you know, we want to build something for ourselves. We want to build something that we own, that we can be really proud of. And when we do a million dollar launch, we get to keep that million dollars in the business, right? So that was a very big idea in our agency. But it was interesting because when the kind of rubber hit the road there and we went to build that thing, which is Psychmetrics, it didn't turn out like that. And it didn't have the same immediacy, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Because I mean, exactly what you said. So we get a client. I do, a, I do a lot of the sales work. We bring on the client. We do the job. And the team knows for every hour that they work, the company is going to get X amount of money. And it's a very direct thing where the client says, hey, do this. We say, that's a good idea. We do it and we get money for it, right? Building your own thing is the polar opposite of that. And because you're not guaranteed any money, you're in fact spending money without any guarantee, without any money coming in until you either succeed or fail at it. Right. So it's not a, it's not a guarantee. And what happened was a lot of the team and probably myself included saw that as lower priority than the client stuff. And it should be because the clients were asking for it. But at the same time, even after working on all the client stuff, it's hard to make that mental shift, right? So you're in a very much A to B, client says this, you do this, you get money. To we need to figure out how we're going to do this. It's not a question, it's not a task that we then do. It's more open. It's something like, okay, we need to figure out how ads work for our audience. We have to figure out what our audience is. We have to figure out what, how we're going to position this thing because that part hasn't been taken care of for us, right? And that was a hard mental shift to make for everyone. I think it's it's so awesome to hear you talk about this because I know that so many agency owners out there who have thought about creating their own product or have worked on products on in behalf of, of their clients kind of have this idea. And I guess I shouldn't speak necessarily for audience. I will speak for myself. You look (laughs) at something and you're like, oh, they're making money while they're sleeping. Like they can go on a two week vacation and, you know, people are still able to use the software, Mm -hmm. you know, subscriptions are being billed. 
they're not necessarily on call. Whereas when, uh, you know, if you're working on a client project and the client calls you, it's kind of like, you know, they say jump and you say how high. I mean, in a lot of situations, you have to be, you know, available. You're having to kind of be there. Uh, you know, when you're when you're not working, you're not necessarily generating revenue. And it's easy to look at that and say, oh, well, so-and-so's got a software pr- product or whatever. You know, life must be so much easier. And, and to some extent, it sounds like you all had that thought, you know, if we do a million dollar launch, why can't we keep the million dollars versus right. our clients keeping there, you know? So, so there's that grass is greener if I only had a product. And then what I've seen a lot of agency owners do, and we did this ourselves, we started trying, trying to create our own products. And then, mm-hmm. you know, super hot and bothered with them for, for 90 days or, or maybe a little bit longer. And then maybe we don't get those instant results. Maybe it turns right. into a couple thousand dollars a month, which is cool, but it's not, you know, it's not really paying the bills for a six or seven or eight or 10, 15 person team. Right. And then especially when you get, so it's easy when you have that time and when you have that, that kind of free time in the agency. So we actually started Psychmetrics. We had um, three, three weeks when we knew we weren't going to have any client work. And we we're like, oh, we're totally going to just try and build something in that time frame. But then we get busy because the clients come back. We have more work. We have more launches. We have more stuff. And suddenly we have that decision to make. And you're exactly right. $1,000 a month is great if it's you. And but if it's a team of ten people, a thousand dollars means nothing, right? And being able to then say, "Oh, are we going to focus all this time and energy on something that's not making money versus being able to make a ton of money to pay to pay everyone's salary?" That's a very hard decision to make. Yeah, and there were oh, and I was going to say because I think it feels. I remember when I got in, when I quit my day job and I started freelancing and I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to be working 90% of the time, like hands on keyboard, developing and marketing and doing all that stuff. And 10% is going to be the BS business stuff that I hate at my day job. <laughs> it feels like the same thing with software because that's not what it is at all. It's 90% of that business stuff and 10% time on keyboard, hands on keyboard. And I think I felt the same way. I think we all did about the software. We were like, oh, it's all going to be like puppies and unicorns and roses. But what it really is, is a long, long slog of fixing bugs, of figuring out how to get more clients, of doing sales calls, of all the things that are that you have to do for an agency as well. But we already had all that. We had stacked those bricks for the agency. We had a running agency machine. And now we had to not throw it all away, but a lot of that knowledge and a lot of that work that we had done does not transfer one-to-one to to a piece of software. And so we had to reimagine how we were going to market this thing and how to build this thing and do this thing while at the same time having a large payroll, right? Because we weren't starting from scratch. What was the moment for you when you realized that you were going to discontinue the agency? I, I actually, there was a very specific one. It was when, because we had gone from a very hands-on, where we're almost more like a consultancy than an agency, to a regular agency where we were doing work on, we were doing large quantities of work for less money. Um, but the idea was we made more money because we were doing much more work. And looking back on it, that was a mistake. But the moment that I realized that I hated it was. Uh, my lead developer came to me and he was like, Hey, I'm making this webinar page. Who is it for? And it just kind of like beat me over the head. It's like, crap, we're doing so many things. And it's all cookie cutter at this point, right? 
We're doing all these things that are cookie cutter and it's so generic that the developer doesn't remember who it's for. And that, I mean, and that's a very successful agency model, right? Um, I know a lot of agencies who are very successful with that. And honestly, that's the type of agency you want where it is cookie cutter and things come in and you don't have to think and you can get junior developers to do it, but that's not the type of business I wanted. I wanted something where we're always solving new problems because I like solving problems and the team liked solving problems. And so that was kind of the wake up call slash warning to me, which was, okay, I don't think that we're working the type of business that any of us want to work at. Mm. That's an, I mean, that's an interesting moment. I mean, cause you, I don't know how to say it, like sometimes you sit down and you create goals and then you actually arrive at achieving the very thing that you set out thinking that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up and you go, wait a minute, I have what the exact thing. did I just yeah. do? <laughs> what did I do? Right. Why did we get rid of all this stuff? Why did we change? Right. But, but that's, I think that's a really common thing of setting goals or seeing a model out there that is working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you emulate it or you try it for yourself and you, you think it's what you want and then you get it and you realize it's not actually what you want. Yeah. I mean, I, I had so many agency friends who had done the, the high throughput model and were very successful. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great because I see them enjoying their life and doing, doing all this stuff. And I'm, but when I got into it, I realized it wasn't for me. I, I like, I like building stuff. I always said that if I wasn't, if I had more muscle mass, probably I'd be a carpenter, but I don't. So I work with code because <laughs> I like building stuff. I like designing stuff. I just, uh, I don't like leaving my chair, I guess is what it comes down to. So but your, I, your team member says this, just to kind of get back to this moment. I mean, is that you had this moment and then what next day you, you bring everybody in. Thanks for playing guys. You're, you're, we're done with this no, thing or no, how did no, that no. unwind? Uh, that was kind of the start of it. That was the seed. And I think it was probably a month after that when we, when I did sit down with the team and said, Hey, look, I know we all hate this. I know we all hate the churn kind of throughput agency. We have this great software that we've worked on. We've built other pieces of software for other people. We're really good at this. We know what we're doing. Let's do this on our own. Let's start phasing out the agency and let's start working on the software. And everyone was very into it. We had, we were all excited and we started putting plans in place. And eight months later, we were still at that. We're still putting plans in place and trying to get any traction on it. And the issue was what kind of we were talking before, where for was six, seven years, we had been in an agency model and been in agency thinking. And so when you are developing software or developing a marketing strategy for something that you don't know where it's going, you can't do it in hour chunks or two hour chunks. You need to set aside half a day or a day or two days or something in order to really think about. So we were having problems and bugs or just general development stuff that we needed to think deeply about and solve. But we didn't have the time and we weren't giving ourselves the time because we were still so used to being in that agency model of, hey, we have these three things that need to get out. We know exactly what to do. Bang, 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 they're done. Right. And so we tried a number of different things, actually. We tried Fridays, we don't do any client work. We tried mornings, we don't do client work, or afternoons, we don't try to do client work. We tried setting up blocks during the week of three hours where we wouldn't do client work and just various things. And none of them seemed to work. 
for various reasons. I think there there was some personal stuff. There was some um, mental, uh, like I was saying, some mental blockage around shifting from that agency to the to the software side. And I think what it really comes down to, and I see this with myself a lot, is when you are when you do any work in that agency, go through the task list. And it doesn't have to be agency. Anytime you're doing task-based work, right, where a ticket comes in and you do it, or a request from a client comes in and you do it, it puts you in a certain mindset. And I think it's very hard to shift from that to then go into a more mental uh, cognitive state, I guess, or a overall uh, kind of a blue sky state. Right, because you're very transactional when you're going through tasks. You're very transactional when you're going through client asks and anything anything you need to do there, and you have a transactional both for the work and then also, okay, I did this work that was half an hour. Now I made X dollars, right? Or the company made X dollars, and I think it's just very tough to go from that to okay, let's sit down, blank sheet of paper, and figure out what our aha moment is for the software and how it's you can't switch that on and off. It's like switching on and off creativity. And I think that's very difficult to do. And I don't think we were able to, as a company, make that shift. And that was, I think, the biggest issue that we had. And we worked a, we worked a number of times in order to, I mean, eight months to try and solve this issue to get better at it. I, I tried different things where I was taking on all the client work and they and the team was going to work on the software. So I was kind of... <laughs> I know. Honestly, I'll do everybody I, else's job. And then you guys work because, on this side project. <laughs> but yeah, because I needed... I knew that doing... Going from an agency back to the consultancy, I could make more money in the same amount of time. And they could get out of that churn, of that agency churn, and have that more free time to think about the software. And because I wanted to break that habit, Right. And it didn't, it didn't work. I would, A, I was killing myself because I had all this client <laughs> work. And then I was trying to push along the software and it just wasn't getting done. And I didn't have time to make, to make the decisions on the software side or like answer questions or do anything there. So that didn't work at all. And eventually I actually hired a consultant who we had worked with for many years. He was actually our original project manager back when I started the agency. And I said, I, we got to figure this out. We got to get this working. There has to be a way because I love working with my team. I love my team, but we can't get this to work. So what is wrong? And he spent an entire month every day. We were on stand up together. Uh, every day we had hour to two hour calls. We tried different things, and at the end, he was just like Keith. We can't do it. We just it's not going to work. Mm. And that that was kind of the end of it. And I mean, it's frustrating as as hell. Like. To be told that, hey, you know, this thing that you want to do that everyone wants to do that says they want to do is not going to work with the team and the structure and the things that you have. I imagine when you were saying that we tried, you know, focusing on it on Fridays and then mornings and afternoons. All I could imagine was a lot of our listeners nodding their heads because um, I, you know, I mean, whether it's, you know, I almost want to like level it up a little bit because whether it's even, you know, working on that software uh, or product, right. Or working on your own marketing or working on your own mm-hmm. stuff. I feel like there's this really good intention of, you know, we'll carve out an hour or two hours here 
But as you said, doing that more think work on your business, it's really hard to chunk it into an hour here and an hour there. I mean, I know yeah. for for me, if I'm sitting down and like working on part of our program or our product, uh, which I do have a lot of, you know, coaching calls and team calls that kind of split up my day and split up my week. But even just kind of getting in the mood to create a product, I mean, sometimes if I have a whole day blocked out for it, I mean, I might kind of be in kind of brainstorm, mind-wandering mode for like a couple of hours. Like I kind of call it getting yeah. in the mood, you know, I have to have like the music just right, like light the candles, right, mm-hmm. to try to invite the muse in. But I think working on your own stuff where it's not, you know, I think with client stuff, you're you're outside the bottle. You get that advantage of coming in and being able to be kind of detached from it. And, yep. you know, I, I love this word you used, which is transactional you can get in there and nail your to-dos and do the things that you're great at, like web or social media development that your client is terrible at and kind of get in and get out. But when it's your own thing, you know, I think that's a whole other story. I think, I think trying to just say, I'm going to give it even a day, right? I mean, like, what if you don't even really get to the good stuff until like the end of the day, or it's like it needs a two or three or four or five day focused, dedicated, uninterrupted, you know, period of, of work. And I think as an agency, worker sometimes that's really hard to comprehend of like doing one thing that's not for mm-hmm. somebody else it's for yourself or for your own business for a solid week or more i think is sometimes hard for for people to kind of get wrap their heads around right and i think that there's a it's interesting i think there's two things there especially one is that i think a lot of people even though their salary doesn't change, I think they understand that, oh, working for clients means more money for the company. We're working for for this project does not. And I think that especially for higher level people in the company, there, there's a very, there's something that goes into that where they think, oh, I'm not, this is lower priority because it doesn't make direct money for the company. And it's, it's interesting because we all see, going back to like the Fridays and the, the hours and everything, we, we look at like 37 Signals who did Basecamp or I forget what the name was, but the company who did uh, Teamwork PM, I forget what they were actually originally called. But those types of products, are they all say, oh, we just did it on Friday. Like we didn't take client work and we did it on Friday. And I think that those are unicorns, to be honest, because... I know so many people and so many agencies who try the Friday thing and it doesn't work. And I think it's just really hard. I think it's, it's just a really hard thing to do. And I think we look at these massive successes and we're like, oh, that's how they did it. We should do it too. But I think it's even important with 37 Signals and others to note that it did not stay that way. It wasn't like they ran the business that way. I mean, they maybe created like version one of the product, mm-hmm. maybe got some customers, but at some point they said, this this needs to be our focus. This needs to be our, right. our full-time thing. And even then, I feel like, I mean, uh, uh, those guys at 37 Sigils, when they when they jettisoned a few of their other uh, uh, products like Rise and stuff, I mean, even then they were like, I think they hit a point where they realized that, there really is power in in focus and splitting yourself between a few different masters wasn't serving them and they yeah. you know they made some hard decisions and sold some products and killed some others and you know even split their base camp teams for like base camp mm-hmm. 2 and then base camp 3 you know like i think that's kind of an interesting um evolution but i think people get that impression of like oh i can you know start this product and i can run this as a business in parallel right, alongside yeah and i it's think just... you you hit a point where you had to probably make a decision like do i 
keep, you know, I always tell people it's kind of like riding two horses at the same time. Like, yes, there are skilled horsemen that can ride two horses in the same, at the same time, Mm -hmm. as long as horses are headed in the same direction at a comparable level of speed and you're really (laughs) talented, like everything's cool. The second one of those horses decides that it wants to go left, right? Like you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. Yep, exactly. Hey, what's up agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients' websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. What? So eight months into trying this as it's like, you're, you're kind of trying to almost have your cake and eat it too. And, and you kind of burning yourself out, running your consultancy, doing 10 people's work uh, in one person. So it wasn't working. Your, your team and your lead said, this isn't working. What was, I mean, what was next? I mean, I shut it down. Um, so we, it took a while, but actually a year ago, Today-ish, so uh, February first, we I said, "Hey, we're shutting down the agency. I'm not doing any more work for clients. We're letting people go." I found everyone jobs, which that was very important to me to make sure that I didn't leave anyone just kind of high and dry. And I said, "I just I love working with you guys, and but I just we just can't do it anymore, both monetarily and the direction we want to go." And so shut, we shut down and then I started slowly getting rid of all my clients one by one and just completing contracts, not bringing on new contracts. And at this point, I think it took uh, maybe till summer to get everything handled and done. And really we only have, and I, I kept one client and like a couple, a handful of people that I help out just because one, I really like working with some people and then two, uh, marketing strategy for the software because they're in industries that work well for that. And yeah, and so that's what happened. And then let's see, I think it was three months ago, I actually brought in our first new hire for the software side support and have maybe it was more than that, but then we started growing this team. And so I've slowly started growing the software side again, away from just contractors, right? We've always had contractors, but growing into more of like building that team again, specifically for the software side. And it's interesting because as I look at it, it's very different than the types of people that we were hiring or the positions of people, the the skill set that I was hiring for, for the agency side. Mm. That's really interesting because actually when we... When we decided to go more in and invest in the, the the training part of our business and selling our selling our agency business, we tried to you know there were some people that were going to uh, take jobs with the new company and there were some mm-hmm. people that uh, were not and we we kind of looked at it as oh we're gonna bring you guys to our new venture right mm-hmm. and uh, you know for the record none of those people are even a part of the business today. Uh, you know, I don't think that some of them probably, you know, I mean, you know, it's hard to Monday morning quarterback at the time, you know, we maybe needed that confidence and that congruency to like feel okay about making that jump. But it was something that, um, I think looking back on it, 
you know, like starting a whole new business, even though it seemed like it was a very similar business, like it really was like different roles. Yeah. And I think we maybe didn't, you know, we kind of almost weren't making the hard enough decision to say like, what is the new business? What are those seats? Who are the people that we really need? And are they the same people? Cause just like mm-hmm. to magically be like, okay, there's a whole new business and you're going to just have the exact same people that are helping run. And I mean, maybe some people end up with that story. I know we tried it and it, and it actually, you know, I mean, in some ways it probably slowed us down. It probably had us, you know, way, you know, heavy in terms of payroll for a long time. I mean, we really tried to make it work. So I can, dude, I can uh, empathize with you in a big way uh, yeah. of, of, and also now realizing that the new company is really, uh, or not new company, new old company, you, you're hiring different types of people for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, because we had a copywriter on staff, we had account managers on staff, we had designers on staff, and none of these things are things that really we need as a SaaS company. And now we have people, we have a support team. We never had a support team before. That's what the account managers were for. But it's a very, it's, you would think, because we're still in marketing, we're still in digital, the digital marketing space, we're still developing software. Honestly, the developers are the only role that is similar. And (laughs) it's just funny to think about that, that like we still need contractors for design and we have contractors for, um, for copywriting, but we just don't, on a day-to-day basis, we don't need copywriting. We don't need account managers. We don't need all this stuff. And to think that, I guess, 90% of the roles that we had at the agency just don't translate over is really is really interesting. Yeah. I think I was at, um, it, it's kind of funny because we've, we went from agency to a coaching and training business, which a lot of people running an agency are like, oh, that's a much easier business to run. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know. They're both businesses. They're, totally, <laughs> they're hard. Like I, I did this because I, I love doing this, right? I, like, I love teaching. I love I love coaching and, and stuff like that. But when we, did, when we made the transition, we had three developers on our team and that we brought to our, our business, to, to you gurus when I found them. Now, we didn't really know we were a coaching and training business. It took us some time to kind of figure out. I mean, we were doing coaching and training. Uh, and it was actually Dan Martell. So speaking of kind of software mm. space, he was like, he said, he pulled me aside. And he said, Hey Brent, do you think your clients would rather have another hour of, of time with one of your coaches or would they rather have another, a new shiny button inside of your member portal? Which do you think would be more impactful to them? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, they want the hour. He was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have developers working. I was like, okay, okay. You know, so it's, it's sometimes it's hard though to like, to think about that. Right. And I think this is a good mm-hmm. lesson for people that are thinking about, you know, side projects or doing other things like that, that I mean, if you're, and it seems like this is the lesson or part of the lesson or the, the journey that you're on, if you're going to go for it, you kind of have to at some point decide whether or not you're going to go for it. And, and it sounds right. like you've now said, I'm going for it. I've burned my boats. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take this island or, or not, right? Or try something yep. totally different. Yeah. I mean, it's this or go back to the, the day job probably. <laughs> but the, you're exactly right. And Dan Martell is exactly right. And it's hard because you know I'm, I'm a developer by trade, and my safe space, my comfortable space, is code and developing features and making the app better. Because that's something that I very I understand, I enjoy, I I like thinking about things like reliability and ease of use and user experience. But is that the thing that my customers want as their number one thing? No, 
It's the education. It's the marketing emails. It's the um, getting on a call with them. It's the sales process. It's helping them set up reports. It's all the things that go around what is my safe space, right? And that's the, that's the hardest thing is getting me out of my safe space into things that I know I need to do. And I do them because I know I have to, but it's it's honestly like just just pulling on that and trying to get it to work. And I just know that I don't want to, right? And that's, that's always, it's the same thing when I started freelancing way back in the day. And I thought, oh, it's going to be mainly coding. And the business is still a business. And I'm not always going to be able to do the things that I love doing because there are other things that need to get done. And I need to make sure that I don't just kind of go into the, oh, it'd be so much better if they have an extra table here rather than go and spend like six hours doing that rather than the one hour it takes to to go email a bunch of people and make sure that their uh, that their uh, reports are going okay. Do you feel like now the app is is has enough traction that it's it's uh, supporting you to kind of be a full time thing and to be a, a growing business again? It's interesting because it is getting there. We're growing, I think, at a clip that while I'm not satisfied with it is good. And I'll probably never be satisfied with the clip that we're growing at. If it was just me, then yeah, it, 100%. We could, I could support myself, have a, I think, be great at it, etc. But I have bigger ambitions and I don't want it to be just me. I don't want this to be a ramen profitable or single profitable company. I want this to be bigger. And so I told my wife, I think it was two months ago, that for the next six months, I'm, we're taking a loss, we're pouring money into this, and I'm going to grow this thing. And that means getting a team, but not growing too quickly because I did that once and that was a mistake. But I am not worrying about the profitability in the short term because I want to invest everything back into the company so that it can grow and it can get to that, that level where it can support not just me, but a full team. That's awesome, man. Well, Keith, I, uh, based on our, you know, I've, I've worked with you, uh, it's been a few years, but you, your team did great work. I think your platform has a lot of, uh, awesome things to it and a lot of great potential. And I'm sure with your dedicated focus and, uh, the trials and tribulations you've been to just get here <laughs> to be able to have that relentless focus on this new business and to start to bring uh, people into it. I'm, I'm sure your bigger ambitions will be uh, realized in, in much, much more. So I, I appreciate the, uh, you coming by the program today and, 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 and giving us the update. I don't know if you've gone back and looked at what your lightning round answers were from the first one, but are you ready for our lightning not. round? Let's do it. Let's do it. It would be interesting to go back and see what they were last time and see how they've changed. Yeah, I, we we uh, you know, are, we'll, we'll take a look at them. We'll link back to that episode and we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you know if there's any any major differences. What is the best advice you've ever received? I think that being conscious of what you are doing with what you have is probably the as far as like money or people or not not overextending where you need to be. Don't try to grow too fast and just burn it all. I think you need to be very mindful of where you are, both financially, time-wise, and health-wise. Because any of those things run out, then you, uh, you find yourself in a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Curiosity, I would say. 
I like solving problems. I like figuring out uh, new things, and I like finding new ways of doing stuff. Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you think our listeners would find valuable uh, besides the obvious? <laughs> Everyone should use Segmetrics. Um, <laughs> honestly, the the ones I, I'm really into Notion recently. I really like Notion a lot. Uh, it's replaced Teamwork and Asana and Wikis for me because uh, it does it all in one. It's not perfect, but it's it's getting there. Also, Rev. I think I don't. I don't think I could have a uh, a business without Rev, which does the automatic transcribe uh, transcribing of any audio. So I do all my all my client meetings, all the customer meetings, support things. Everything goes into Rev. Real person transcribes them. Don't use their AI. It's horrible. Uh, but their their real person transcribing is wonderful. In what book would you recommend, and why? Hmm, that's a good one. I actually stopped reading all business books recently because they were depressing me. Uh, I'm going to go with probably my the book that on a kind of philosophical level has been the most influential to me, and it's uh, Illusions by Richard Bach. It's from the 70s. It's kind of that uh, philosophical hippie stuff, but it's a really good look at understanding how you control your own reality and how the way that you look at things shapes the way that the world looks back at you. Um, and it's been highly influential with me and how I think about the world and how I feel that you should treat other people. Awesome. I have not uh, heard of that book, so it'll be a new one for our uh, our recommended readers out there that are listening to the show. If you want to get links out to that book recommendation, uh, Illusions, as well as Notion and Rev, and lots of other great takeaways, gold nuggets from today's episode, check that out at our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're out on a run or on the road, just go to our website, yougurus, click on podcast, and Keith's episode will be right up there at the top. Uh, Keith, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, I just look up Keith Perheck. Uh, I'm the only Keith Perheck in the world and you'll find everything you need to see. Uh, my marketing website, as well as Segmetrics, of course, and probably blog posts from when I was 19 uh, on some weird role-playing forums uh, <laughs> back in the day. Because when you, my entire, I, I tell people the entire reason I got into digital marketing is so I can bury every single old post that I ever made under my real name because Google does not forget. <laughs> well, we will, uh, we'll, we'll find your Twitter account. Oh, dear we God. Will, we, no, we, we will link out your Twitter account. Uh, we will, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can, if we can uncover some old, uh, some old goodies from you, but no, we'll, we'll make sure to kind of curate that again for our listeners so that, uh, if you guys want to check that out, if you want to look at, um, what he's up to with Segmetrics or social, um, we'll link out to those, uh, things on our show notes there as well. Egurus.com slash podcast. And yeah, man, this is awesome. Thanks again for stopping by the show. Uh, thanks always, for inviting always, me back. Always a pleasure to have you on, man. Our conversations, I love them. So, so thanks for being here. Definitely. Thanks for having me back and love it as always. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I want to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? 
Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app, but they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, I want to invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.